Welcome to part two with Toby Mobs. If you listen intently, you will find out that the man can play his guitar with another piece of his body that shouldn't necessarily be used. Stay tuned. What was the question, Mark? <laughs> oh, it's just the feeling of knowing that, that like you're okay with uh, who you are and that your expectation yeah. of what you deemed successful growing up isn't actually what you need or you are going to be to channel your own success. Yeah, I think that's a c- tricky question too because I've always been reliant on uh, needing – External validation. Validation. And I feel like people can be extremely inhibited and not put anything out because they're worried about it not being bang on. Now, obviously, there's a level of like key. You don't just want to put anything out there. Mm. But how did you said you're a perfectionist to get to a point where you now know that, you know, this isn't necessarily perfect is really good like it's really good but it's Mm. not perfect and being okay with that i think about that most days yeah okay yeah most days it's a neurotic like thing. a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. i honestly don't know it's it is something that's on on my mind quite a lot and i think uh because i think the the best thing you can be as an artist is proud of your work yeah and i'm i'm proud of my work and uh, I want to still be proud of my work down the track, but see it through an eye of that was a stage in my life. It might be different now. And this 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 album, I'm I'm it, it's multi-genre. It's yep. got a lot of different genres, and, and the the tracks that are yet to be released, I think people are going to be very surprised with. So for me, it's a it's a bit of an experiment, and recording music that's reflective of so many artists that I like and respect in the genres. You know, I, you know, years ago people were like, oh, you must love Jack Johnson. You must, you know. Yeah, but I love Alice Cooper. I love Chance the Rapper. You know, I love that gospel choir sound. I like that hard, dirty rock kind of thing, you know. Are we going to get rapping out of you? (laughs) It's funny you say that. Um, it's not I, funny. It's like I'm really hoping that we um, get rapping. I did an interview, uh, a, a, a web interview, not that long ago, and uh, I spoke about my first ever musical influence, and that was Will Smith. <laughs> I, my first ever album was Will Smith's Willennium on cassette cassette tape, and I got two of them actually, one from Mum, one from my grandma for Christmas because I think they just but accidentally knew that you liked bought, it that much. <laughs> well, I think they accidentally bought the same thing, and I. I think it was the year two talent quest at Forest Hill Public School, <laughs> and I rapped Men in Black. Can you do it now? <laughs> I, I forget Just, all the words. No, you don't. A little bit. <laughs> but for people listening out that, that are, are, are fact-checking me, Men in Black is not on the Millennium album. I reckon that you remember at least a couple of He bars. definitely remembers. <laughs> the look on his face is, I remember it, but you're not getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be it. That'd be yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so back to that question, I, I think uh, I'm just exploring a lot of different avenues and genres and I, I've, I give people listen, a listen to music and they're like, yeah, this is very different, but it's still a Toby vibe. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really good. And, and I think um, 
it, it's good when you can say to yourself that, yeah, this this music is it's my own and it's different to everyone else's. Hashtag Toby vibe. That needs to be on the, the rest of the thing. <laughs> yeah. It is the ultimate compliment as a musician, regardless if you're a beginner through to someone that's professional. If there's something about you that's infused in that creation that people can recognise, I mean, I think back, I've never been a successful musician really at all, but a few people in my life have said, oh, that riff sounds like Josh Liston. Awesome. And that gave me a lot of of fuel. Yeah. (laughs) Like, well, at least whatever I'm doing, whatever genre or style, there's something distinctive that's manifesting in there that's me. And for me, it's, it's like, oh, that flanny looks like something Mel would wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, on a bit of a tangent on that too, my favourite band is is Gang of Youths. Um, yeah. I, I discovered and got into them through the early days of their career. And I remember the very first time I heard them, I think it was on Triple J, I was driving back home in Wagga, and I heard that song and it's the first time in my life that I've ever thought what I've just heard there is the music that has been in my head, but I haven't been able to get out yet. I haven't been able to write that. I haven't been able to record that. Wow. So cool. that's that really pushed me to 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 look into that and, and think um, I've, I've got to get started on, on what I've got to say with music and I I have a small handful of of close friends that I give early demo listens to just for feedback and and some of them say oh I'm not a musician I'm how are you valuing my feedback and and it's like well if you enjoy listening to music you you you've got a, a a valuable perspective and for one of the ones that's coming out next year they said this has a real gang of youth vibe and that was that was probably the best compliment i've had and and that uh yeah that that was really great so like you were saying josh when people say that has a real josh liston vibe yeah i agree when people like that's got a really toby mobs vibe but i I also like when when they say it's got this vibe of this band that i know you really love and i think you're really tapping into something there too so it's it's a combination of a vibe from me but a vibe from artists that i've absorbed through osmosis Osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> Mobsmosis. Let's talk about like things that aren't music because for people at home, you've got lots of different interests. Let's talk about like things that aren't music because for people at home, you've got lots of different interests, like <laughs> yeah. heaps. So many heaps. And one of my favourites is that you photograph spiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where, like, did you just go out one day and go, oh, that f- spider's got sick eight legs. They're <laughs> way above ants. They've only got six. Like, how, how did you get into the f- spider photography world? Yeah, it was because I was bored. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd finished year 12 high school and... Uh, my mum has this massive garden and it attracts all this local wildlife. Yeah. You know, like little wild. I'm not talking, you know, we don't have kangaroos in the front yard, yeah, that okay. kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I just had this camera and I just started taking photos of, of different things. And for me, I have a bit of a collector habit. 
Yes. Um, this is what I want to tap into. So when you when you have one of something, it's just um, it's symbolic, you know. So it's like cool. Yeah, I got one of this thing, and you have two of something, and it's like, well, it needs a pair. You know, you've yep. got a pair now, and yep. you know that's that's normal. It's when you have the third thing. When you have three of something, that's when uh, a collection starts, because you you rarely need three of something. So, except for underwear, guys. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just hopefully at yeah. least, yeah. Yeah. yeah, at least. So, I think I just uh, started taking some photos of spiders and, and looking them up. My aunt, um, at an early age, gave me this um, book on spiders and identifying them. So, I've, I've I've known a lot of species for a long time, but I thought, oh, maybe I could catalog them and that's that's it that just it just turned into a collection of images i've never had any have you heard anyone say really do you need three of something what a great way to <laughs> put an analogy to collecting yeah it's a good so can we list off some of your collections yeah because it's insane if you walk into toby's house it's not like a house at all it's just like a, a museum of categorized things <laughs> yeah so uh, many of my collections are from childhood and I, I'd always kept them. And, and when I started working full time and had a, a, a bit of a disposable income, I thought oh, I might complete these collections. So do you all remember Yowies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. never allowed to have Yowies. <laughs> yeah. So. I was never allowed to have Kinder Surprises. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I had uh, quite a collection of Yowies and... A few years ago, I thought, what if I just bought the rest of them that I never had as a kid? For those that don't know, Yowies are a uh, Australian company owned by Cadbury, and they'd be this this little animal, plastic animal inside a, a plastic egg. Yeah, capsule. Egg? Yeah, and then an outside chocolate. And um, they started off. The series was based on endangered. Australian animals, yeah, uh, threatened animals, those kind of things, and and a very like educational kind of vibe. And to this day, I can like <laughs> identify weird little animals because of because of yowies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were great, and they got sold to a, a U.S. company. Used to make them, used to put them together, but now they're because of the American laws with uh, small choker, you know, choke hazard items. Yep. It, they're a whole animal. You don't make them anymore, and and they made a comeback a number of years ago. And I thought, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get a few of them, and they were in, being imported at that at that point. And I thought, oh, I might uh, I might just finish them off. Anyway, they're bringing out a series every year, so now it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a tower. How of, many yowies do you have? Oh, a few thousand. Whoa. Whoa easy. See, I told you there's heaps. Okay. Thousands. Yeah. This is excessive collecting. It's, it is. This is where really do you need three. Really do you need thousands <laughs> either. <laughs> He's got basketballs. Have you got the Tarzos as well? I wouldn't. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> So I just like rattle them. Like I, well, I love that you know all the history and the diversion and everything like that. <laughs> but people at home don't have time to know all of the things. What's your favorite collection of things that you have? Yeah. And is it still ongoing or is it a complete set? Um, most of the things I complete are 
that I collect are as complete as I can. Yeah. The basketball was is just the basketball. Okay. <laughs> I think it just stands out because you wouldn't see me as the basketball type. Okay. And it's like, oh, it must be a collection. But there's only one of those. So Is there? I thought that was a basketball. It's practical type. use. It's not it's a, a practical so, basketball. Yeah. So there's only one. So he rarely needs three basketballs yeah. unless yeah. he's going to start juggling. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, what is your favorite collection that's finished and what is something that you wish you had the money or the capacity to collect? Oh, oh, I don't know. Because collections can often be a bit of a money pit. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess, and this is music related as as well. I guess um, when I when when I mentioned that I was starting out with like thirty minute set of original music, a great place to play would be open mics. You know, the the, the short set time you'd you'd meet a lot of like minded people. And uh, it's a good opportunity to play songs soon after you've written them and they may not be, you know, polished and um, good practice. So I started collecting coasters from from all the venues that I played. So and I since when I started doing proper full length gigs, I started collecting coasters from venues that for gigs. So I've got these different containers, one for open mics and the open mic one, I think, got to up to maybe 110 different ones around the country. So I really enjoy that one because when you say if it's complete, that collection is always going to be complete because I've always got everything that I've done with it. But I put them away in like those, um, do you remember the, the, the clear CD plastic cases, that it's kind of very thing? very organised. Um, jot all, all the information down. They're all kind of archived and it's just something I want to look back on years down the track and, and, uh, and value. So... I think that would be that's probably irreplaceable. It's it's there's no money in the you know I didn't pay anything for and sorry to all the venues that the coasters I've <laughs> nabbed. Um, yeah, they cost about five cents. <laughs> yeah, so that's got probably the most sentimental value. Yeah, I, I, I prob- probably that one. You know, because a lot of collections, the, the Yowie one, they were made to be collected. You know, yeah, and that's often what a lot of things are. They're they're created for a mass market to make more money for people to buy them more kind of thing. But and you're feeding that market. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Yes. laughs> so so we brought up something there, Toby, that's about, about sentiment, about memorialising your music through collecting the coasters. Is there one musical memory throughout that period, whether, whether it's a specific open mic where you really figured something out that you yeah. weren't expecting to or a gig that just stands out to you in retrospect? Yeah. Prior to the coasters, I had this folio system where I'd put like articles and, and things away and the only gig that I've ever done that I haven't got some memento or, or something from was year eight or year seven. No, it was year seven, high school, Battle of the Bands, I was in this band and we played uh, Eagle Rock and I had this old Ashton electric guitar, you know, a starter guitar for, for a lot of people. I decided, because I was a big Hendrix fan, I decided to play the, I call it the solo, but it's not, it's just the, that the riff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I decided to play that with my teeth. What? But, oh. but not the way Hendrix does with, with hammer-ons. And pull-offs and, and, you know, mimicking it. But actually, <laughs> with my teeth. <laughs> and I remember my music teacher saying, yeah, we we knew you did that because it had twangy. <laughs> the thing sounded. But 
I'll never forget it. This, the Battle of the Bands was, um, you know, most of the school was there through different heats. I think this was heat one of three and then you go to a finals. But that was probably my first gig, I guess, my first time on, on a stage and, you know, I was wearing three-quarter jeans, you know, kind of because, <laughs> you know, because for some reason I thought, oh, it's Battle of the Bands Day, I'll go in Mufti Day, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I wish if there was one thing I could get, it would be a photo or a video of that day. I'm sure it won't um, live it up to my the way I relived it, but when I, I raised the guitar to my teeth and started playing and the place erupted, <laughs> you know, and not and probably, you know, like, oh, look, you know, this, this kid in year seven, we've got this redhead wearing three-quarter shorts that we've never, <laughs> who's this guy? Good on, you know. Yeah. I've never had such an adrenaline high in my life. I could have, I could live off that moment forever, and I think it's probably still one of the best moments I've had. Yeah, it was such. I can't describe the feeling. Oh, so. No gig compares to a, a teenage <laughs> band comp. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> you walk around like a god after that. Oh, that that's yeah. You feel like you own the school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet it's the only thing I've never had a photo from. Uh, or a memento. You do You do now. You've got five minutes of audio. Do you think <laughs> now, though, the memory of that is much more profound because you don't have, you know, you said you forget things and that's why you categorise and keep lists. Mm. Is it much more profound, do you think, because you don't have that memento? Yeah, well, it's the only experience of it I have. It's like Chinese whispers. Might be romanticised like, a little around the edges. I was going to say, it's like Chinese whispers. If there's anyone that went to that school and has a different recount of like, the oh, place yeah. erupted. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> there would have been. Well, yeah. blew the we roof actually off. heard crickets chirping. <laughs> I had, um, I, I played a gig in Wagga for Fitzfest yep. earlier this year and Someone that was in that band that I hadn't seen in years came along, and uh, they've now they're now married with kids, and I met everyone there. And one of the first things that they said to me is, "Do you remember when you played Eagle Rock with your teeth?" <laughs> <laughs> and it that's just cool. made my made <laughs> made my day. If that's the only impact I've ever had on people with my music, I'll be I'll be satisfied. It's a pretty good impact. I want to ask you this question because there's a bit of a persona, obviously, that came with doing that. Mm -hmm. And we had someone reference that Toby Mobbs is potentially the the musician that you don't see that's got any ego at all until they saw you in a photo shoot with a DeLorean and they're like, (laughs) oh, there it is. But do you feel like naturally you're sort of a bit more restrained and because you're playing someone else's music you channeled that or are you really just restraining yourself because you don't like the idea of an ego i honestly haven't thought that too much on about that too much i find it really hard for me at the moment where i'm where i'm up to it's hard for me to have an ego i'm unsure every gig i ever play i'm totally unsure how it's going to go until after the first song you know, yeah. after the first song is when you get that audience feedback. And, yeah, I'm, I'm still, you know, and you can feed off that, build off that. And it's a different feeling playing in a band as well. I I'm, I'm can't wait to be playing in a band 
again down the track playing my own music that kind of thing but um i don't know i haven't uh haven't really thought about that too much i mean i'm not playing you know headliner shows or anything i'm i'm not playing a vast amount of ticketed shows so often shows i'm playing can be alongside events that are happening in a venue that kind of thing so i don't i don't think so i think i think ego can be confused with believing in yourself a little time too but i think an an ego is it's i think it's necessary to a degree mm-hmm. and you know i th- i think it's Im- important to to have one and in in a lot of cases it's impossible not to have one i think it's like a dirty word sometimes to the general public potentially yeah can you like, feel oh, like that- i'm unsure yeah no well, the reason like I said, obviously, and people can perceive someone with an ego as, you know, abrasive mm. content, or they're not, it's part of what they channel for their music or their creative industry, but necessarily, it's not necessarily the person that I'd, that is. It's just. I'd call that a persona, probably rather than an ego, maybe. Because I think you can have a persona in whatever personality you are. Alice Cooper, for example, he has. He's probably got one of the biggest egos on stage, you know, but that's part of his craft. That's It's um, theatrics on stage, but he is a completely different person off stage, very different person. And it, it, I think it depends a lot too if you're playing a character on stage and, you know, uh, and, and this is something I'm still working towards and building and, you know, people are, people are coming to see, to be entertained, and I think uh, an ego is a, is a bit healthy. You know, you're an entertainer and, yeah, I th- I'm not sure. I'm, I think that's something I can only be judged from from an outside perspective. I'm not sure if I'm capable of commenting on that myself. Righto, well, we've pretty much come to the end, mate. And firstly, thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. You said you've got an album coming out next year, which we can't talk too much about besides the fact that people should expect that to come. Yes, yeah, I do have some new material coming out soon. It's a bit of a different vibe as well. So, um, but you can basically see all my posts on Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing. At Toby Mobs Music? Toby Mobs Music, yep, uh, on Facebook and Insta. Uh, you can find my music basically anywhere that you're, you're accessing music. Um, if you're someone that likes to purchase music rather than stream, you can find me through Atomic or Bandcamp. Um, there's been many discussions about streaming services and, you know, what it provides to, to artists. So, yeah, you can stream all my music at your convenience and if you want to help out an artist, you can you can buy it as well. And that's probably just a quick good point to, to put in that not a lot of money is actually generated by original artists or any type of artist unless you're big, booking big Gig. So this is a way to sort of give back and buy buy their merch, download their songs. I think on a transparency with you, you said how much money did you make out of all your national tour? You spent as much as you made, didn't you? I think so. I um, yeah, I think it was a, a tax conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my and my uh, financial year costs came to within a hundred dollars of my earnings um music related which is insane when you 
have listened to this podcast and realised the amount of actual hours, which isn't costed, has gone into what you've done. So, well done. Thanks. Excellent. Toby, thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Mel. No worries. So, that was Toby. He was in the studio. I've met him. Properly, properly. You've met him, met him anyway. You guys did that great How to Make Music Your Business workshop together. You were guest speakers at that. That's how the correlation happens between all my favourite people. Is very educated in the whole APRA licensing and how to actually make music your business. So you have met him, so that's a lie. Wonderful segue, because I was going to say the only thing that didn't come up <laughs> was, that, was that we have done that talk and his was quite exceptional. I know. I'm actually really disappointed now I didn't delve into that. That's for future reference. Future Toby. Future Toby. He's a cool guy. And if you are ever fortunate to spend time outside of music with him, super, super interesting, which I hope you all got a little bit of a a reference point to today with our podcast. Very thoughtful person. And one of the few, clearly he's an intellectual person and he's a deep thinker, very open at saying both I've never really thought about that or he doesn't come across as someone who feels like he has to have an answer for every question. Yeah, which is a struggle for me because I like answers to everything. I I hate the idea of not being able to answer every question that I'm posed. (laughs) I know. So that was a very interesting chat and, like yeah, like you said, he's okay with not knowing the answer and articulating that. So kudos, Toby Mobs. And I really just want to see him recreate the Eagle Rock Seen now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's an insane visual for me. And he said, like, you know, he likes to watch movies because it's all there. I just need him to create the mini movie of Eagle Rock as a year eight Battle of the Bands person. <laughs> and hopefully not Chipper Tooth. No, not Chipper Tooth. <laughs> Thank you so much to Toby for coming on. And if you want to get onto any of his stuff or hopefully follow his journey, get onto that Toby Mobs Music. Facebook and Instagram. Yep, all the things. For all our stuff, you can go to punchingsideways.com. Mm-hmm. You can share the show. You can listen to it for people that may just want the easiest possible way to hear it. You just press play. That's and, easy. And you can buy us a coffee if you think we're worth a coffee. Oh, I need more coffee after dealing with you all day. Well, after that sledging a couple of weeks ago about the weakness of my coffees, I think that I, I think the people need to send them to you because I'm not making them for you. No, <laughs> fine. This coffee does not make itself, Mel. (laughs) Fine. Righto, guys. Bye-bye. Laters.